Welcome to Sex Spoken Here with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex coach and relationship psychologist and created this show to help you solve any sexual problems, learn about all things sexy, sensual, and intimate, and create your ideal lasting relationship. In my virtual therapy room, I answer questions, interview experts, and provide tips that you can use straight away. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create a problem-free, exciting sex life. Make sure you join us to be up to date on all events and to easily access coaching at www.the-intimacy-coach.com. Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I am Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. Remember that this podcast deals with adult themes, so if you don't have privacy, you might wish to put on your headphones. Today is the final part in my series about the care and feeding of the vagina. Anathea is an author, speaker, and teacher. Her courses offer women life-changing tools in the area of emotional mastery and spiritual sexuality. She is dedicated to helping women live more sensually alive and speak confidently from their hearts. Anathea offers practical solutions for women with body image, food, and or intimacy slash relationship issues. She has a bachelor's degree in nutrition and is a level two certified Kundalini yoga and vinyasa flow instructor. She is also certified from the Divine Feminine Institute as a spiritual sexual educator. Using principles from her extensive studies in yoga, nutrition, psychology, astrology, and the Divine Feminine Institute, she educates women to be leaders of love. Her book, Empower Yourself by Loving Your Body, and her blog offer women insights to honor their bodies. Her upcoming online course, Mastering Your Emotions, will show you how to face your emotions instead of fear them and let them be a source of empowerment instead of sabotage. Her educational classes in what she calls her sacred Zoom room are experientially transforming. Welcome to the show, Anathea. No, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Laura, Lori Beth. It it's is, really wonderful to be here. It's absolutely my pleasure. Um, so one of the things that um, we had talked briefly about when we were talking about setting up this interview was the brain-vagina connection. And I'm really interested in how you see that connection. Okay, well, I, the first thing that is in my head as you say that is, oh my goddess. I mean, that is such an important part for women to really understand. And Naomi Wolf, she was an assistant to Al Gore and yep. she wrote a book called Vagina. Vagina. I think, she, yeah, and I think she's a Yale graduate. I, I haven't actually completed the book because at one point I had like my a womb catharsis. I literally, when I was going through the the pain that women have been through, I must, you know, I must have that. I definitely have that pain within me, uh, being an owner of a female body. However, you know, our vaginas have a whole um, world of their own, and one she the, is one of the things that yeah, was go ahead. about that book. She mm -hmm. came and she spoke. She did a tour when she released it, and she came and she spoke in London, and I and I, I had the privilege to see her speak. And she spoke about all the different neuroscientists that she connected with 
in talking yeah. about the actual science between the our connection, the intense uh -huh. connection between brain and vagina. Yes, yes. And she even in her book mentioned how women that have been raped should actually be treated as if though they have had brain trauma or brain damage. Because there's a direct connection, and I think it's the pelvic nerve that goes directly from the vagina to the brain and specifically affecting our confidence. Mm -hmm. And so the vagina is very susceptible. If she's not loved and honored and appreciated and cared for, number one, by us, first and foremost, uh, then that really affects our self-esteem. And this is no joke. This is science. This is very, very real. And she's very se sensitive and vulnerable to that. So I love that you actually uh, went and saw her speak. That must have been awesome and amazing. She was incredible. Um, and yeah. um, it, it, she just shared so much of the research that she did, but also her own personal story. So you really got a sense of how um, how much of a journey the book was for her. Yeah. So when I'm talking with people about a brain-vagina connection, I'm not usually talking about neuroscience. I'm more talking about the idea that arousal starts in the brain. Mm -hmm. All arousal starts in the brain. Yeah. In the mind. Some people would have an argument with me about that because brain and mind are different. But actually, you know, all of it starts via thought and imagery and sensory experience. But you're also talking about the fact that, that that we've got nerve connections that mean that actually there's direct stimulation. And so there's a direct feedback loop between Absolutely. the brain and the vagina. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, when when she's filled with love and when she's filled with light and when she's filled with respect, um, what happens, because that's our creative center, then our mind gets very creative. When I was doing a lot of my own personal sexual healing, that's when I created my uh, Yoni Huggers. That's when I cr created my website. That's when I had the ideas for my book. That's when I did all kinds. I did the Yoni poem. I created the Yoni poem. Uh, Yoni, oh, Yoni, what do you need? And, and so I think that, that it's not only connected to our confidence, but it's connected to our creative expression as women and our, our power. And what I find interesting, okay, so... So all three women that, that I've talked to about this, and myself included, see this very much as, in different ways, a center of women's power. And, mm -hmm. and one of the things that came up is that if you actually go back and you look um, at the base, the sacral chakra, that actually, if you talk to Chinese masters who do Qigong, which is... It, it, for the audience who may not know is, is a form of um, very serious breathwork meditation that you're always told that the woman's center, that's the woman's center is right there in that place. And actually that if you follow through from the back, you come through and you end up with the connection between the vagina and the womb, if you followed it physically through and that that's the woman's center and, and the seat of her stability and consequently, the seat of her power. Yeah, and yet, yeah. in Western society, certainly, we really denigrate that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, there's there we, we're holding a lot of energetic shame. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it's a love hate relationship. There's a lot under that subject that you're talking about. Um, you know, I think that women are, we're so busy in our brains that we don't listen to her, you know, really giving her a voice. One of my teachers, when I was in the Divine Feminine Institute, I was uh, dating a, a man and I went to her as my wise woman and I said, you know, when should I have sex with him or should I have sex with him or, you know, what's the protocol? And that she said, listen to your vagina, you know, listen to what she has to say. And instead we have this mental construct of what society says we're supposed to be as women and how we're supposed to behave sexually. And so that was the most powerful statement I could ever hear about my female anatomy and my vagina is to really listen to her, not, not the stories in my head, you know, and give her a voice and honor her and, you know, not just decide for some miscellaneous reason why I want to have a penis inside of her, but to really listen to her and, and know that, you know, the decisions that I'm going to make for her are taking her and her voice and her needs fully and totally into consideration. So there are some women and, and some men who will listen to this and go, what? Right. Yeah, exactly. What do you exactly. mean? What do you mean? She has a voice and right. Right. But when you start talking about things like consent, it's fascinating to me that we don't necessarily listen to our bodies before we right. have the conversation. And one of the things that comes to mind for me is women who find themselves with their brain saying yes, and their body says no, and the vagina closes up and refuses to open. Right. And they cannot figure out sometimes why it is that they've made a mental decision to have sex, but can't seem to accomplish it physically. It's painful. It's, it's, it's hard. Vagina is dry because their mental decision isn't matching something inside. So now I would make the connection between the body and the emotions and that there the body is expressing the feelings. Right. Right. Well, there's a lot of behind. I am doing it because I want to be loved and accepted, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to I want, because it's um, my body is saying yes. You know, mm -hmm. most of us are walking around in our heads. We're a bunch of heads walking around and a bunch of crotches walking around. And I, you know, I say that the middle point is really, putting a lot more love and understanding into our feelings and our emotions that allow then allows us to get into our body. But women are very, for the most part, I really feel that it takes a lot of energy and effort as a woman to be connected to our vaginas in a more feeling and awareness way. It takes a lot of energy and effort. And that's exactly what you're saying is mentally we can make a decision. Yes, it's a go, but our body is going to actually give us the, our truth. And we really are disconnected from our truth. And so the vagina is a perfect litmus test of if what she's saying is actually the reality, you know? I mean, of course, there are situations in which, you know, when you're on medication or you're in menopause where you're, you know, your body, your 
your body, actually parts of your body are willing, but you, your vagina isn't catching up. And those are occasions where you add lubrication. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of whole, that complete disconnect that sometimes happens. Right. It means that there's no feeling place in there. And again, I'm also, for, for listeners, I'm not saying you have to love somebody to have sex with them. I'm by no means saying yeah. that. It's the idea of actually knowing what you're feeling about having sex. What is it that you're doing? Why are you making this decision? Um, is this decision coming from the right emotional place? You got it. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't have to love the other person. You just have to love yourself. Right. And the, yes. And the greater self-awareness that you have, the better sex you're going to have because you're making it not just on a mental level, you're making it on a, a yoni level. And that's the, I mean, you want the whole body involved when you're, you're having an intimate exchange, but there is definitely uh, the yoni, the vagina is definitely a key player. Well, yeah, for, for girls anyway, you know, that's definitely a central, a central thing. And when we talk about the vagina right now, we're talking about the vagina, the clitoris, the vulva. We're talking yep. about the whole system, not just the vagina. Um, so when you talk about her having a voice, what comes to mind for me is this idea that, and when you mentioned creativity, is this idea that when you're connected into those feelings, then you find your creative voice. So people talk about the birth of babies and, and, and procreation and all around the vagina, obviously for with, with good reason, but there's also babies are not the only thing that are birthed. You know, people birth businesses, they birth books, they birth. And, and all of that is that same connection in my view. It totally is. It's the second chakra. It's the chakra of sex, power, money, and creativity. So exactly that. I didn't have any children, you know. Um, I'm still raising my own inner child, and I'm birthing other. I birthed a book. I, I'm, I'm birthing my educational programs. So, yeah, I there's all kinds of other things that we can birth when we keep the vagina well cared for, you know. We, we birth better babies when we keep the vagina well cared for as well. And so yeah. some of that has to do with managing shame. And all of us have talked about this so far is that um, shame is one of the, unfortunately, one of the primary emotions that um, we seem to associate with any kind of sexual contact. Yeah. Yeah. And freeing yourself from shame most people really uh, don't, we don't, don't get the education to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't get that in our standard educational system. And I think that's the, what has really prompted me to create the educational systems that I'm offering for specifically for women is for them to really, be, because if you have shame there, you're not going to go down there to that area. That area is still not going to be, I mean, you can still have sex, but when you have shame there, that part of your body is not going to be fully accessible to you. And your full uh, expression of sexuality, sensuality, and creativity, and even power is going to be untapped as well, you know? So it really is about freeing the frequency of shame in that area. And that has to do with knowing how to deal with your emotions, you know, how, knowing how to hold those emotions in a higher frequency, knowing how to put heart energy uh, and, you know, around the shame energy, you know. 
And do you find when you work with people that many of them have shame going back to childhood? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, some people are, are, have had been caught as little boys or little girls touching themselves. Stop doing that. Stop playing with yourself or, or nothing's spoken that you get the sense that there's something wrong with that. And then the little kids are like sponges. So that gets imprinted in a very deep level for them. You know, that, that energy. One of the things that I somehow I, 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 go ahead. Sorry, sorry. go ahead. Somehow I got really lucky that I didn't, and I was raised Catholic and I, somehow I didn't get the imprint of feeling shame about touching myself. And, uh, you know, so I can't count that as a huge blessing. I have other, you know, things being raised as a, as a Catholic little girl. And I'm not talking negative about Catholicism, um, but, you know, I have my fair share of the sexual repression that I've had to deal with, you know. And I think that for me, what has really helped is to be able to give my vagina a voice, you know, to be able to connect with her, listen to her and understand her on a deeper level. But I've only been able to do that really well through the Divine Feminine Institute and those teachings, which I now teach, and through my own journey and connection with my own body, basically. Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting to me is I, I, I spent a fair amount of time talking with parents about um, educating. When, when do you educate your child about sex? How do you educate your child about sex what do you say what don't you say because people there's so much angst around this and of course um there's no rule book as to how to do this but i often use the example of the child getting caught masturbating and that the way mm. in which you respond to that can have a huge impact on the way that their sex life is as adults and how healthy and well-functioning they are and how important it is to give the message, maybe not in public, right? But that there's nothing wrong with it. And what fascinates me is how often we teach kids the names of various parts of the body, but none of the genitals get taught. Right. So, right? so right. we go, oh, look, Johnny, those are your eyes. That's your nose. That's your mouth. That's your belly button. Those are your thighs. Those are your... Like there's no penis in there, you know, right. and, and the same with girls, we, we skip them and people don't realize the message that you're giving kids when you skip body parts is yeah. that there's something, something wrong with those body parts or they're somehow shameful. Yeah. Or they're, they're not, they're like, kind of like, it's confusing for kids. I'm sure, you know, very confusing for kids. So it's either crude or clinical, right? You know, uh, either it's medical or it's, it's um, you know, something crass. And that's why I like the tantric terminology, uh, yoni and lingam, wand of light. Those are the two, my two favorite terms. But, you know, as long as it's something that's empowering and fun and connecting, um, that's what I think is important to be using as terminology for your vagina. Vajayjay, I love that one. Yeah, that's one of my <laughs> favorites. Kids. Yeah. I don't know who came up with that, but I like that. One. It is. It's great. It's celebratory. You know, so, they should be celebratory. So how do you help somebody integrate this, hear this voice? It's, you know, it's really helping them 
feel their feelings because we really literally live in a world of disconnect. That's the world we live in. And it's, it's each individual's person's responsibility to get the support and the teachings to get beyond just living in their head or their crotch, right? And, and, and a crotch uh, with, you know, shame shrouded around it. That's, mm -hmm. that's our society. And so, uh, you know, helping women get out of their heads and be in their bodies. The title of my book is Empower Yourself by Loving Your Body. You know, another issue to keep us from being in our vaginas or being in our bodies or being in our bellies in the lower part of our bodies is not liking our bodies, mm -hmm. you know, and, and having negative thoughts about those areas. Our bodies feel that when we don't like our bodies. And so I teach women to touch their hearts. I teach women to touch their bellies, get their, I say to women, you know, I, I touch myself a lot, but probably not in the way most people think. You know, I have my hands on my body a lot. I have my hands on my ovaries. I talk to my yoni. I check, and not in, not, I don't check in with her as much as I would actually like to because I, I'm in a busy life in a busy world. Um, but to answer your question, I teach women how to feel their feelings. And through that, they can get through the maze of getting out of their heads and being in the beauty or experiencing the beauty of being in their body. And that includes being in their vagina. Mm. And that vagina, I am telling you, she has a lot of wisdom to share. Tremendous amount of wisdom to share. Really and beautiful. I spend a lot of time uh, with people working on not only feeling feelings and feeling body, but being grounded in now for a minute, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, and I find that I do this, whether I'm doing coaching or therapy, because both groups of folks need it. You know, in therapy, we spend more time looking backwards. In coaching, we tend to look forwards. But what people often don't do is do now. Right. Actually, very good. Very good point. That, yeah, exactly. Everything is planning ahead or looking back. And so actually getting people to take that time to center and experience now and pay attention to, to your body and pay attention to where your feelings are in your body. Mm -hmm. And then trying to encourage them to do that when they're having sex, whether they're masturbating or they're having sex with a partner. Because one of the biggest problems I, I, I see is that people are somewhere else. Yes, totally, totally somewhere else. In fantasy or walled off or uh, going through the motions. Or doing know? the grocery list or worried about the meeting <laughs> tomorrow or right, um, right. whatever. Well, see, the the, the problem with the, with being in the now, you know, the body. So, so our, when you're in your mind, you're always either in the future or the past. In the past and shoulda, coulda, woulda's or fearful or anxious of the future. But when you are in the now is actually when you are in your body. That's how you know you're in your body is when you're in the now. But the problem with being, <laughs> what get, keeps us from being in the now or being in our body is un or is repressed or unprocessed emotions. And so if we don't know how to, and we've only been taught to, you know, repress them, repress them, that's been our mainstay in our culture, then, and we don't have a way to actually 
let them bubble up and hold them. That's why people need coaching. Just like, you know, you're saying it's a lot of people aren't in the power of now and not knowing how to deal with those emotions. Then, you know, we can't get it. We, that is the path to getting into our bodies is to be able to even have the, t the technology, the know-how, the support to hold these emotions, these yucky emotions, where they are in the body, in, in, in the now. And then we can be in the body, but it's scary when, you have, when you're not familiar with that. It is. I mean, I think I would go one step further, which is I often find that people don't even have the, the appropriate labels for emotions. Right. Okay. So um, many people have anger, sadness, happiness. That's it. Right. Right. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that, that they mentally don't necessarily know other words. They do, but they don't experience them in grids or they have difficulty identifying what they're feeling because they haven't really learned enough feeling words and integrated them. So that they can say, like, there's a difference between I'm frustrated, I'm annoyed, I'm angry, I'm furious, I'm full of rage. You know, I mean, okay, so that's what six different things I just listed off that have to do with the general idea of anger. Right. Right. They feel very different. They that definitely, and I think what what I've done is I've labeled them into categories, like the whole anger one into a category as anger. You know, sad. I do sad, mad, glad, fear, numb, shame. Mm -hmm. But you know, because that helps, because they're like you said, just for anger, there you can go off and branch off into a, a zillion different directions. It's you know? funny though, because uh, I think I, I think I probably do it differently than you do, because my experience is is that by boxing them, mm -hmm. it then becomes a full body experience or a full head experience, it can become overwhelming, right? Because you're experiencing all your frustration, your anger, your rage, everything all together. Whereas if they learn to kind of separate it out and well, when I feel angry, where do I feel that? When I feel rage, where do I feel it? Like when I feel rage, my cheeks get pink, Interesting. right? So my yeah, blood yeah. pressure goes up when I feel angry, not necessarily because anger is steps down from that. So I feel angry, I get tense here, you know, and to actually be able to kind of make these gradations and look at if you're able, when you hit frustration, you deal with the situation that's causing the frustration, because what people start to notice is if you repress, then you get the higher level emotion, the more extreme mm -hmm. emotion, because you've repressed. So now you've got all of the emotion from 100 other incidents behind, coming up behind instead of just the one thing that you're dealing with right now. And then a waterfall, boom, or an explosion, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I call that the uh, three Ds, disease, drama, and depression. <laughs> when you, you know, but either way, either way, like the different routes is really helping people to face their, their, their emotions instead of fear them or repress them. Yes. And to make them your friend, they are in your body, they're in your body. And they're in, and that, they'll move too. They'll move around because you know your mind will be like, no, I don't want to feel it, you know. And um, your mind starts racing if you have an uncomfortable emotion. You can tell you do when your mind starts racing. You know, start telling yourself all kinds of stories. It's like, oh my goodness, 
there's an emotion I'm not feeling or a feeling I'm not feeling, you know? So, so you were briefly talking about some of the things that you teach. Can you tell me a bit more about how you teach and what you've got upcoming? Um, if you have any classes or workshops upcoming. Yeah, I teach, I just finished um, um, manifesting more pleasure. That was a lot of fun. And I'm going to be teaching a manifesting, a ma there's a lot of M's in my teaching in those two classes, mastering your emotions. And this is really a, a very foundational class of women uh, coming together in my sacred Zoom room and learning about emotions and learning about boundaries and learning about the brain and what happens when you get triggered and learning a positive way, a positive methodology on how to face those emotions instead of fearing them. Because especially for women and everybody, these emotions aren't gonna go away. And especially when you're in relationship, your partner or other any close people in your life, they're always gonna reflect back to you who you are and it's a, you know, it's a, a platform for a lot of emotions to either be repressed or an opportunity to be held and looked at for your own personal growth. So mastering your emotions, the next class that I'm teaching is really going to be very informative and a lot of fun. And it's going to be support with other women in my Zoom room. You know, I love the sisterhood that's created because we do interactive exercises as well. And a woman would really walk away with a lot of information about how to handle her emotions in a more productive way. And so um, how many days do you do that over? And do you do, do like, like in a workshop setting sort of where you're working a certain number of hours a day, hours a day, or do you kind of break it up differently? Yeah, it's every week. So it's a, it's a two month or eight week experience, transformational experience for the woman. And so we come in once a week, we get on the Zoom room. If you're on the West Coast in the US, it's uh, 5.30 PST to 7 p.m. PST in the evening, but all of them are gonna be recorded. And I have a, a private Facebook group. So we have the live class weekly, and then I have Facebook tips during the week to keep mm -hmm. you on track and remembering what your homework assignment, play work, emotional work assignment is during the week. And then we do the next class. And, uh, and then I have handouts and you'll get recordings of all the classes. And what's really powerful also is I've created a tools page. And so there's these to this tools page has various things such as yoga classes, yoga nidra, guided meditations, uh, to help women so that when they, they can go to the tools page and they can do an exercise to keep them on track. And so they're really in this environment for a two month period of focusing on their emotions and how to deal with them in a more productive way. And it's very transformative. Cool. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. for anybody who might be interested, the links for this will be in the podcast notes. Um, and, um, on the podcast page on my website, they'll also be in the notes underneath. So whichever way you go about getting the podcast notes, you should be able to get links. And I, and I know you, you got another one coming in the autumn and what one, what course class was that? Sex education. You didn't learn from your mother. <laughs> And that's an awesome one too. I just love teaching these classes because it's really stuff. You know, when I'm teaching these women, 
we're really facing their three-year-old, their 15-year-old, uh, you know, and their wise woman as well. So it's, it's very multidimensional, a lot of fun. Um, but if they go to emotion, uh, onathea.org forward slash emotions, they'll see the emotions class. If they go to onathea.org forward slash sex ed, they'll go to, they'll see the sex ed class. So. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And they can find you on onathea.org and I'm assuming. And lead, hmm? leader of leader, leader of love.com. Okay. Leader of love.com. And Twitter. The uh, Anathea. And again, the, the Anathea. All of this will be in the notes. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, honey. Thanks for having me. I think the bot, the, the last thing I want to say is I'm realizing, you know, how we've come a long way, baby, but we have so much more to go. And this is about us leaders of love taking back our power in the bedroom and not in a mean way, in a very loving, fun and playful way. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks for joining me for Sex Spoken here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Please write to me with suggestions for the show and any questions that you want answered at drbisbee at the-intimacy-coach.com. Do follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out my YouTube channel. For a free 30-minute discovery session with me, go to https colon backslash backslash the-intimacy-coach.com and click on the button that says schedule now. Why not join me for my upcoming free webinar, Four Secrets for Arousing and Igniting Your Authentic Sexual Self. Click the link in the podcast notes to sign up or head to https colon backslash backslash the dash intimacy dash coach dot com backslash four. That's the number four dash secrets backslash. I look forward to seeing you next week when we will start the care and feeding of the penis. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher. And make sure you head over to www.the-intimacy-coach.com to subscribe for free newsletter updates to help you create and sustain an exciting trouble-free sexual life. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes on all topics, sexy, sensual, and intimate. Thanks for listening.